all countries should should carry their responsibilities on this issue. So I would say that this global responsibility is the topic number one. Welcome to Hello Climate Calling, the climate change podcast by the Embassy of Finland in London and the British Embassy in Helsinki. We are on a quest to find out climate solutions and shed light on the people, projects and initiatives working around the clock for a more sustainable world. My name is Adam Smith and I'll be your host today. In this episode, we'll talk about the threat posed by climate change to peace and security worldwide. I'll be speaking with Finnish Minister for Foreign Affairs, Becca Harvisto. Hello and uh, good to be online. Minister Harvisto has served as the Finnish Minister of Development and the Environment, Minister for International Development, and as the party leader for the Greens of Finland. He has also represented the Finnish Foreign Ministry, the EU, and the UN in various roles while working in Africa. But today, we'll be focusing on climate security. Um, so I was thinking we'll start at the very top level, Minister Harvisto, for the listeners. Um, is climate change a threat to global security? We, of course, have the traditional security threats, the questions of peace and security. But I think we have more and more this kind of uh, wider security topics. And, and definitely climate is one of those. But it's also in a positive way combines the world nowadays. So whomever you are talking to, the climate issue is always there and uh, When I was many years ago working for United Nations Environmental Program, many people that time said in Finland that, you know, the poor people are not interested about the environment. They don't care about the environment. They only think about their daily lives. And then when working in countries like Afghanistan or in Sudan, Darfur, usually people firstly took up the environmental concerns and the climate concerns. And actually it was a very allowing message also to, to us Finns that uh, that this is a phenomenon that is really hitting hardest, maybe the poorest countries of the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll kind of start um, more generally about what risks climate change poses to Finland and to Europe more generally in a security sense. Climate security includes many, many topics and has many effects. Of course, the rising sea level issue is here the changes in the biodiversity, in the nature, those are here. The issues for agriculture, uh, of course, uh, particularly here in Finland, it's affecting to our forestry and uh, the quantity and the quality of the forests growing and, and so forth. So it has a direct economic impact as well. But of course, when we look where Finland is located, we are actually an Arctic country. We are part of the Arctic Corporation, Arctic Council, and, and we all know that uh, in Arctic areas, the climate changes maybe the biggest influences so it's the the temperature is growing more rapidly than in other other places and and the ice is melting and permafrost is melting and and so forth so this has very dramatic consequences uh, to the arctic areas mm-hmm. do you maybe have some examples how specifically the security of people's kind of lives and livelihoods um, could be threatened by the effects of climate change well of course uh, agriculture is a good example because it's really affecting to the different possibilities to maintain areas for agricultural purposes. And, and of course, when we look a little bit more globally, the droughts and the changes in the extreme weather conditions and so forth are affecting many countries. We have just recently seen here in Europe, actually, the big flooding this summer and, and uh, all these uh, phenomena. I would say the, the extreme 
weather conditions are, are something that maybe ordinary people are, are now noting that is really where the climate change is really influencing their everyday life. Absolutely. Um, I think few people would deny that this year has been a wake-up call for a lot of people in Europe about the the security risks stemming from climate change. So you've kind of had a front seat row to those conversations um, in an international policy area. What does that conversation look like in international fora at the moment? Well, it's interesting because I was one of those ministers who many, many years ago took part in the Kyoto climate discussions in the end of the 90s and and. Uh, when you know coming back with uh, minus 8% of the <laughs> CO2 emissions, people said that this is a catastrophe for our economy and, and we are making a suicide. And I remember Japanese minister was crying in Kyoto because minus 6% CO2 emissions was killing Japanese economy and so forth. And when we now look where are we heading to actually, we, Finland wants to be a climate neutral, carbon neutral 2035 and... and uh, European Union 2050, China, uh, Russia 2060, and so forth. We we have much, much more ambitious climate goals, and this is not killing our economy. It's actually just, on the contrary, at least Finland is seeing a lot of new business opportunities, a lot of new possibilities for new technologies when we are making these ambitious climate decisions. And I, I think it's it's very important that we, in Europe, we are frontline countries on this topic. So would you maybe say that since Kyoto, policymakers have kind of started to realize that the costs of inaction kind of far outweigh any potential short-term economic contraction or threat of that? Yeah, well, I, I, I think so. And of course, the Stern report and, and others have been very, very important to that direction that's showing that the costs of the inaction are, are higher than the cost of that we do something to this phenomenon. And of course, we have a so many solutions already, even economical uh, sustainable solutions to combat the climate change and, and with the renewable energy sources and wind energy, solar energy and so forth. So we had a lot of new inventions in, in this field and I, I think we just should go ahead. And For example, in Finland, when we are looking at the 2035 goal, uh, carbon neutral Finland, we have now noticed that actually the car technology is developing even faster People are moving to the hybrid cars, to the electric cars, much more faster than what we expected. So probably we could even achieve these goals, our goals earlier. Stepping away from economy and looking a bit more closely at security policy, Finland's quite recently published a government report on Finnish foreign and security policy um, more generally. Does climate change get much airtime in that report? Well, climate change is definitely included in our security reports and I've just actually been talking to my uh, Russian colleague Sergei Lavrov on also on climate change and Russia has now put their own goal to year 2060 uh, and, and uh, Sergei Lavrov said that they could even process more rapidly if there is a technological transfer, new technologies uh, available and, and, and so forth. But actually what is very interesting in our neighboring country Russia is that when the permafrost is melting, the oil pipelines, the gas pipelines are collapsing in the Arctic areas, actually, the climate change can have a really devastating effect also to traditional energy production and, and, and so forth. And, and when these kind of economic hard facts are at the table, then countries realize that, that they have to do something to combat the climate change. 
So it sounds like Finland's very keen to present itself as an active partner with other countries um, and kind of addressing those climate security risks. I guess my my next question would be if there's just any more additional kind of examples of that international cooperation between you and another nation um, that you'd maybe like to share just within the the realm of climate security. No, of course, an important thing is is that we are we are part of the global climate funding and 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 that is what we have been increasing also as part of our development cooperation, the general climate funding, and of course then when we look at our bilateral contacts and bilateral projects with developing countries, climate, environment is, is more and more often there. But at the same time we have also been discussing that this is not only the issue of environmental ministers or development ministers, but this is also an issue of finance ministers. So Finland is co-chairing this uh, coalition for ministers for finance against the climate change and now we earlier co-chaired that with Chile and now with Indonesia and, and actually it's a good reminder we have 65 countries on board on where the ministers for finance are concerned about the climate change and want to also make their contribution to combat the climate change. Sounds um, very exciting. Um, so if we kind of took a step back, what would you say from a foreign policy perspective are Finland's top, top priorities as it concerns climate security? Well, of course, it's the whole uh, big changes that we see in the around the globe regarding the climate change. And when I'm looking at the African continent, for example, where Finland is active with the development cooperation, but also with political contacts and, and the Horn of Africa and so forth, of course, the desertification and the big changes in the nature are one of the concerns, lack of water and, and, and all, all these issues. These are also very, very much influencing the Middle East countries and of course we can see more and more conflicts appearing due to the environmental changes and, and due to the climate change and, and when farmers are looking for new areas there's migration issues linked to the environmental destruction and and so forth and, and uh, many years ago I worked with the United Nations environmental program to actually to addressing the post-conflict environmental issues and then we could easily see that the environment and, and climate change was already the reason for the conflicts in many of these areas and so forth. For example, how to use the common water resources if, they are, if there is a lack of resources on water and so forth. So this is actually triggering many disputes in the world. I understand um, that that question of kind of water conservation and water restoration is an issue that's quite dear to your heart and to your career. Um, I was wondering if you could maybe kind of illustrate the scale of the threat that that problem represents so that the public in Europe can understand why they should care about that issue specifically. Well, of course, some years ago when I visited, for example, Yemen, and, and then people said that actually the capital of Yemen, Sana'a, is probably one of those uh, capitals of the world that is definitely running out of the water in the in the future, where the water resources are very scarce and, and the lack of water and, and fight over the water is maybe prolonging the conflict there. And as well as in many other countries, we had just also seen some positive steps, for example, the water agreements between Jordan and Israel and, and, and so forth. So we can really use environmental and water resources in a peaceful way or these can trigger uh, conflicts uh, globally. And I think the water scarcity is, is one of the issues. It's, it's both the quantity and quality of the water that is in the today's world uh, more, more and more probably 
triggering conflicts, but these can also be used in a positive way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I'd like to kind of swing back to Finland. I was wondering if you have any examples of good practice coming from Finland domestically that our listeners would be interested in hearing. You know, what is Finland doing well right now to address climate security risks? Well, of course, what we are now uh, trying to do domestically is sustainable agriculture, sustainable forestry, looking, of course, to our own carbon sinks and, and how both our agriculture and our forestry can contribute to fight and combat the climate change. The other thing is, of course, all the new technologies, the energy-saving technologies and, and, and new cleaning technologies and so forth for industrial purposes that we are trying to develop. We have our own solar panel production. We are doing windmills also in Finland and so forth. But very often it's it's actually... You have to, for example, plan the heating systems from the beginning to the end in an energy-saving way and, and, and so forth. And, and Finland belongs to those areas where you have to heat quite a lot in the winter times. And, and, and all these practices we are trying now to, of course, move out from the fossil fuels, go to the more the renewables and, and so forth. And all these new energy technologies, I, I think, is something that we are advocating. Mm-hmm. Finland is one of the northernmost countries in the world and the Arctic Circle makes up a substantial chunk of Finland's own backyard. So I was also wondering if we could maybe discuss the Arctic from more of a conflict perspective. Um, So um, there's been reports that melting sea ice is making the Arctic more viable as a maritime route, whether that's trade, naval activities, anything like that. So what kind of potential security risks does Finland see from that perspective? Currently, of course, we are quite critical and, and looking with the big concerns of the increased oil and gas production in the Arctic areas. I think there is a lot of discussion also in the European Union. Should there be ban of, of new exploration of the fossil resources in the Arctic areas? And I, I would say that the world cannot stand that amount that you can find more fossil fuels in the Arctic areas. Secondly, of course, these new sea routes which are uh, appearing with the melting of the ice, it's, uh, I'm not so glad about that, that issue for the reason that, that actually it is a total accident, of course, and that, uh, that ice is melting in such a rapid way. And maybe then thirdly to mention that in the Arctic areas, of course, this uh, using of the fossil fuels and the black carbon issues and others are contributing to the melting of the ice even more rapidly and One additional issue and risk, of course, that we see currently in the uh, Arctic areas is, is even the, the nuclear waste that has been dumped to the Arctic areas, uh, unfortunately, during the last decades by, by Russia and so forth. And, and this is one of the topics that we also are addressing on environmental field in the Arctic operation. What do you see, not for Finland, but for the global community as kind of the biggest challenges and obstacles towards progress Well, I think we have a common problem and, and I think more or less countries agree that we should have a common action to solve that problem. But at the same time, there is this question of the cost sharing, who pays for what and, and so forth. And of course, it's clear that we need more funding from the industrial countries to developing countries and, and countries in transition and so forth. But at the same time, all countries should should carry their responsibilities on this issue. So I would say that this global responsibility is the topic number one. And then, of course, those countries who still use the, or increase the, the energy production with the fossil fuels and so forth should have more disciplined behavior and do, shouldn't export this kind of technologies to, to developing countries and, and so forth. And then we need a huge investment to, 
to new technologies on energy saving technologies and, and uh, technologies which are good for the environment and good for the climate and so forth. And there, hopefully also Finland can be part of that new innovations and so forth. We've looked at the threats from rising sea levels, from energy consumption, um, from refugee flows and all of that kind of heavy stuff. So I think it would be good before we wrap up properly to maybe end things on a lighter note. Um, I'm aware that you're a keen traveller and I think in 2018 you co-authored a book about interrailing through Europe. Um, so we we know already that rail travel within Europe will be key to helping Europe and Europeans meet their carbon neutrality goals in the future. Is there anything that you'd maybe... Um, um, like to say to someone to persuade them to take the train instead of a short-haul flight for their next European holiday? No, really, during the 70s when Interrail was still new, I, I used to every summer go for the Interrail and it was part of my, my identity in the, in the young age, you know, to go around Europe with train. And then I decided a couple of years ago really to look if it still works and it, it works and actually quite many adults and elder people are also nowadays traveling by by train and I can just recommend it to anyone because it's also a good opportunity to meeting people. I used the time talking to people in the trains and uh, railway stations and so forth and uh, you know for the politicians it's a very good and recommended practice. Well you've convinced me. So thank you. Today we've covered the need for discussions around climate change to take global security into account. Um, We've also looked at what is happening right now to address climate security risks in the foreign policy space and the fascinating work that Finland is doing to help mitigate these risks on the global stage. So Mr. Harvisto, thank you so much for appearing on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. It's great. And this was Hello Climate Calling. Thank you for listening. You can find our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, please don't hesitate to share with friends and colleagues. 